1: I'm sick of it. Every year, we give power to one person.
0: Okay, calm down, sir.
1: Uh, give that guy a sedative, all right? I'm sick of it. Boast, you owe your entire career to Michael Joseph Madigan. You should send him some flowers for crying out loud.
0: That was a long time ago, right? What year was that? That audio clip? Uh, well, good question, young man. I want to say that it was the
1: year? The year was 2012 or 2013.
0: Which just constitutes a long time ago, don't you think? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Dude, I feel like, uh, you know, just 2019 was like five years ago after this pandemic. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know, man. No joke. Trippy. Isn't it crazy? Like the All-Star game, the NBA All-Star game was one year ago. That feels like five years ago. Like the, when it was in Chicago.
1: Was that literally a year ago? <laughs> that was a year ago. This weekend? Well, yeah, yeah. By the way, what an, what an injustice. No Zach attack. No Zach Levine on the all-star team. You guys, the NBA hates the Chicago Bulls. You know, sometimes, D, I wish I had a sports podcast. The NBA hates the Chicago Bulls. There,
0: I said it. All right, there's your sports talk for the day, everybody. <laughs> no more.
1: That
0: is- okay. <laughs> That's it. Sorry. <laughs> You cut off. Uh. All right. Your Ben Jarofsky show for Friday, February 19th is just moments away. But before we go any further, we need to thank our sponsors. Sponsors like SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, our sponsors, as well as the Chicago Reader. And here's where I talk about the Chicago Reader a lot. All right. Subscribe to Chicago Reader, chicagoreader.com. It's a fantastic source for all things, the city of Chicago, where to go, what to do, even in a pandemic, what websites to check out, what virtual hangouts are cool, how to watch or see a concert in the year 2021 under a pandemic. So much at Chicago Reader. Uh, Ben, you have a column coming out for the Chicago Reader. Uh, It's going to be coming out next week. But tell people about the latest column you uh, put out.
1: Well, the latest. Oh, come on. I'm already warming up for the um, the redistricting. I'm already feeling it. By the way, I, I cut a deal. I've booked, I've been cutting a lot of deals with our guests, booking guests on the show. And now we're gonna have a whole, a whole uh, redistricting uh, session with Jacob Kaplan of the Democratic Party uh, and Danny P. And that's uh, on my mind because I've really come to the conclusion that the election is over, but it's not over uh and that if uh, i mean it's even hard to say democrats because it's like the republican party now has a faction that's rebelling against the extreme Trumpism. But anyway, the point is, is that uh, the political process, you have to be aware that it just doesn't end on election day. And I talk about this all the time. Dems fall asleep. They fall in love with uh, the people they elect. They fell in love with Clinton. They fell in love with, or really fell in love with Obama. And they just went to sleep. You can't do that anymore Uh, with redistricting coming up. You got to take a strong stand. And I am look... These fair map people, they're starting to irritate me, D. They pretend as though we live in this perfect little world uh, where Republicans are all nice, we, they get along. I cannot believe that uh, fair map people, particularly those who are generally of the liberal or progressive persuasion, could fall for this line and still continue to preach this kind of naive unity in the face of all the Republican extremism we're seeing from the Trump faction. So I wrote about it. Uh, sort of prepping people for the uh, remapping process that's ahead. And I just blatantly urge Democrats to gerrymander the hell out of the map uh, to put uh, Republican congressmen um, out of power. And I've be getting a lot of heat from the good, good government types, D. Like, oh, Ben, come on now. You know, come on. That's too partisan. You've gone too far. But <laughs> So uh, I don't care. So that's what I wrote about, D. Democrats, wake up. So Stop late. being such paxies all the time. Oh, he is uh.
0: fired up today, guys. Oh, he's got the crying voice going on.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's the latest Chicago Reader column from our very own Ben Jarofsky. Uh, go check that out yeah, as I'm well. Chicagoreader.com. And hey, Ben, okay, he's still doing the. I'm a damn. Oh, my God. We can't get along.
1: I love Lori Lightfoot and Rob Emanuel.
0: All right. Northsiders, please keep listening to this program. We love (laughs) your support. And hey, North side dabs, man, you guys are a trip. And hey, North Siders, <laughs> South Siders, West Siders, you should become a bin head. If you like this program, yeah, you can help out the Ben Jarofsky show by becoming a bin head. All right, for more information, go to chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarovsky, J O R A, V is in victory, S K Y. And also, Ben has a book coming out as well. The Greatest Hits from Ben Jarofsky. Oh, and there's the brown line. (laughs) The Greatest Hits from Ben Jarofsky. Uh, It's going to be coming out very soon. More details on that coming up uh, very shortly as well. Also, chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky for more information on that. Okay, let's get today's show on the road here. You do have a song of the day. It comes from Frank. I think Frank likes Aretha Franklin. We've done about five Aretha Franklin songs. I love here.
1: Aretha Franklin. I'm with you, Frank. Sync. I've actually been listening to some of Aretha's earlier jazz albums. People don't know about them. Really great jazz albums, and they were kind of dismissed by the critics uh, when she first brought them out in the early 60s. But, man, I've been listening to them a lot. So what's the song, D? Think
0: by Aretha Franklin.
1: Oh, my God. I am now going to butcher one of the greatest songs of all time. I mean, I'm going to butcher it. Aretha if you're up there listening and I know you're a huge fan of the show, please, please accept my apologies for what I'm about to do your show. Be gotta think, woo, whoop, do. Yeah, <laughs> can't do I apologize, I'm not worthy.
0: <sighs> the Benjarovsky show starts now. <laughs> Friday, February 19th, and live from my apartment and his attic, this is the Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, it's another Ramada Rundown with Chicago Sun-Times editor, Ramana Hussein, And now your host. No, he's not worthy. (laughs) (laughs) Chicago Raider columnist Ben Jarofsky.
1: Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Cancun Cruise Friday. And here's why. Oh, I think you know why. All right, let's break it down. Winter storm hits Texas, unexpected winter storm. It's never winter in Texas. In Texas, they sing the, you know that song? It never rains in California. Come on, D, come on, sing.
0: And- California. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. I know Frank knows that song. Back Down in Texas, it never snows in Texas. Well, they snow, sleet, frozen rain, temperatures in the 20s, pipes frozen, water mains bursting, electrical grid breaks down, no heat, no water, no electricity. People huddled in their homes, going out to their cars to charge their phones. A crisis of massive proportion. And what does Texas Senator Ted, Teddy Cruz do? He heads off to Cancun, people. Sorry, guys. (laughs) I want a margarita. How about that, D? That's my Teddy Cruz invitation. One more time. I really
0: need a margarita. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's your second best impression.
1: What's my best? Bill Clinton. I just want to say I love Dennis. Dr. D. It's one of my favorites.
0: <laughs> All right. Maybe the Ted Cruz is better. I don't know.
1: <laughs> Hi, Dennis. Anyway, focus, Ben, focus. <laughs> please, please. He just wants a margarita, people. Come on. All right. Well, the proverbial beep hits the proverbial fan. I'm not swearing anymore, D. I've decided. Thank you. I am not going to swear anymore. Thank okay? you. Love it. So, pr- proverbial beep hits the proverbial. Wait, I'm allowed to say fan. Anyway, people are outraged, except for the true blue MAGA heads. They're like, hmm, Ted was with Dunny, and we're with Teddy, no matter what. So what if he goes to Mexico? What about Gavin Newsom? Ever notice how when MAGA gets in trouble, it's always like, well, what about? (laughs) Well, what about you, MAGA? Mm, Anyway, back to Ted Cruz. Yes, he has a reputation for being reptilian, as in being a cold-hearted brute that nobody likes. But even Ted realizes, hmm, the optics are bad. Me rushing off to Cancun to drink margaritas and hang out on the beach while everybody in Texas is freezing. I gotta do something. So what does he do, ladies and gentlemen? That's the drum D. That's the. (laughs)
0: Thanks for the clarification.
1: If you could have seen Dennis's face, like, where did you come up with that one? (laughs) Uh, Anyway, hold on. So, what does Ted do? Drum roll, please, for suspense. He blames his kids. That's what he does. And what's the point of having kids if you can't blame them for stupid stuff that you do? He said his daughters made him go on the trip. His quote, I was just trying to be a good dad. How about that, D? huh? (laughs) Just trying to be a good dad. Man, he just gave those daughters like 50 years of daddy issues. Those girls are gonna be in therapy for the rest of their life. Threw his daughters under the bus. It's like it's the kids' fault. He was down. He was going down uh, to Cancun. Like they had this debate in the Ted Cruz household. Now, in the old days, if I were back at the radio station and I have a script, I would make Dennis read all the roles: the kids, Ted Cruz. Yeah, thank God, reading. those days are
0: over, my <laughs> lord.
1: By the way, he killed it. Those are those may have been his finest days. <laughs> Thanks. But instead, I will now have—I
0: will now have to play. Screw all what we've been doing the last two years or so. Those were your finest days, Dennis. Come on, one more time. Let's hear the Marge Simpson. Come on, come on, come on, uh, uh.
1: <laughs> folks. Those were. Maybe we will bring back a ben Jarowski theater just so you can hear Dennis do Marge Simpson. I mean, they just heard it. And Millhouse, your Millhouse was unbelievable. Uh. <laughs> Which kind of sounds a little like. His Lori Lightfoot. All right, so is it
0: unbelievable or not?
1: Okay. All right, it was excellent. All right, anyway. Where was I? Okay, here was the debate in the Cruz household. Daddy Cruz. Now, girls, I know you really want me to go to Cancun and lie on the beach and drink margaritas with your mother, but I must stay in Houston and help my fellow Texans cope with the storm to which the girls say no daddy you gotta go with us to the beach we need you to drink those margaritas on the beach
0: (laughs) i just gotta say uh shout out to our good friend jim on the live stream chat he said he recently went on a program tom hartman i think on a youtube live stream chat and uh referred some of their listeners uh to our show and he's like ah hopefully they listen today if you're listening boy what do you think of this huh Oh, my God. Remember the good old days when we interviewed Tom Hartman? Come on, <laughs> oh, Dave. You've got
1: to do your Tom Hartman.
0: Please. All right. So shout for the it, listeners it. who are
1: listening from Tom Hartman, here is the best imitation you will ever hear oh, okay. of Tom Hartman. Uh, Tom Hartman here. Hey, hey,
0: hey. You like gold? Huh? You want that gold? Oh, yeah. Tom Hartman here. Tom Hartman here. You ever get so stoned at the grocery store? When you leave, you can't remember where you parked, boy. I hate that. <laughs>
1: Ladies and gentlemen, just for those who don't know who Tom Hartman is, there may be some of you out who don't. He's like a legend
0: in radio. Tom Hartman, yeah. Uh, le- <laughs> lefty radio. You ever get he so is- baked <laughs> that you order a pizza, and by the time it arrives, you <laughs> fell asleep? Ah, oh, boy. So he was on, uh, and I forgot, it's been so long
1: since I got fired, was he on before he was on, he was right before me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Norman Goldman, I love Norman Goldman was on after me, ah, the good old days of AM radio. You're free to rip the hell out of Trump, but don't say anything bad about anybody in Chicago. Anyway, uh, Tom Hartman it's like, he's genius. He knows everything about everything. And yes. Uh, so right after his show, and then I would come on, Hey, everybody with Millhouse. <laughs> anyway. Yes. So you Tom Hartman listeners, welcome to our humble little show. Do you like where now, now, where was I? Oh, yeah, back to the kids. Daddy,
0: daddy, daddy,
1: you got to <laughs> go. We need you to go to the beach and drink margaritas and sit in the sun while everybody else is freezing. And Ted's like, well, okay, if you insist, I guess I'll have to do it. <laughs> yeah, man, that's some cold-blooded stuff. Blame it on the kids. Flip Wilson used to say, the devil made me do it but he never said, my kids made me do it. All right, America, time to ask and answer an all important question. And you Tom Hartman listeners, I want you to weigh in too, all right? Is Ted Cruz telling the truth? In other words, do you think he went to Cancun in the middle of this winter storm because he wanted to hang out on the beach and drink margaritas and look at beautiful women in bikinis or do you think it he did it because his kids begged him to go and he didn't really want to go, but he felt he had to do it just to be a good dad. Folks, personally, I cannot imagine an adolescent girl begging her dad to go on a beach trip. Can you imagine his poor kids like running for office years from now? Hey, you're the kid that made your dad go to Cancun. Look, Ted Cruz, I'm gonna give you some advice. Take a page from Chicago. Be like Mayor Lori Lightfoot. When you get in trouble, blame it on your lawyer or your police chief. Just find a guy like Mark Flessner, who was the lawyer for uh, Lori Lightfoot's Corporation Counsel, and fire him. Or fire Eddie Johnson. Find a police chief. Fire him. If it's good enough for Chicago, Teddy, it's good enough for you. We've got a great show today. Everybody, Ramon Hussein will be here. We're going to ask her if she thinks Teddy Cruz is telling the truth to see what see what she says. No ducking and dodging. Hey, we're going to hear
0: her Ted Cruz impression, huh?
1: <laughs> Let's. Oh, my God, that's so good. That is that's uh, all you Tom Hartman listeners. Get ready for that.
0: <laughs> if you if you hang on uh, after an hour, hopefully you do. That'd be great. The Tom Hartman listeners go. This is
1: just outrageous. Oh, I want to hear some. Well, now they're definitely not going to keep policy. listening. We're going to get into the heavy fiscal monetary policy discussion in a minute. Uh, remember D when I actually had Tom Hartman on the show and I told him, "Yeah, there's a guy over there who does a great imitation." No, no, me. no. You were
0: on his show and you said that. Oh, I was on his show. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. I, And what did he say? Uh, (laughs) Ah, Well, they say uh, imitation is the best form of flattery. So, I mean, cool. (laughs) He's a legend, ladies and gentlemen, Tom Hartman. All right, D. Enough of that.
1: Chit chat. (laughs) Romano say it'll be here, plenty of political talk. Teddy Cruz talk. But before we do that, the young man from Alton. The man that Tom Hartman probably calls,
0: Doctor your with the news. He's never called me that. Hi, everybody. I'm Dennis. (laughs) Before we find out what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois this afternoon for the fourth and final time this week, we need to remind all of you listening about this weekend's Benny J bonus interviews available at chicagoreader.com and wherever else you download podcasts. Let's run through this weekend's lineup, starting with Saturday, the return of a legend, a real deal, if you will. (laughs) It's Richard Steele. Ben, yeah, tell Richard us Steel. tell us about your interview with Richard Steele
1: great interview yesterday with Richard Steele we could have talked forever oh, you know I'd say hey Richard Richard Steele's been in the radio business forever he's been in the radio business even longer than Tom Hartman and uh so you know Rush Limbaugh died we talked uh Rush Limbaugh and uh it was f- from there we went on to like Larry King and all these other uh, media personalities. A great conversation, and then uh, we brought it back uh, into Chicago politics, national politics, and then of course uh, Richard Steele. Been around the uh, music business forever, so uh, we talked a lot about Sam Cooke. And one night in Miami, just a great overall conversation with a man uh, who's got the gift for gab, the legendary Richard Steele. Probably could have D, you're, you were there, you were here.
0: We we uh, we went for about forty minutes. Could have gone for another. Hour At least we were on a roll Yeah, they're definitely on a roll And I guess uh, let's break the fourth wall here a little bit Uh, We tried something (laughs) different for uh, The Richard Steele interview Uh, We did the interview over Zoom We usually do Google meetings But uh, we did the Interview over Zoom this time Uh, Boy, I recall A few months ago on the Ben Jarofsky show Just several rants and ravings About (laughs) Zoom How are you feeling about Zoom these days, Ben? You know, it's not so bad.
1: I, I, um, there was, uh, the Karen Lewis, uh, Shiva, the uh, tribute, the memorial service for Karen Lewis. Uh, and so it was a Zoom of uh, memorial service. And I was the only guy. Oh, this is really embarrassing. Oh boy. <laughs> I could have used you, D. I Um, I was the only guy who could not be seen. Because Zoom is on my cell phone, and I—I I, I don't know why. I forgot to, for some reason I couldn't be seen, and so I got all these uh, texts from baby boomers. This is really embarrassing. Baby boomers, people like my age and older, <laughs> uh, Ben. Uh, they're obviously you're having some difficulties with your Zoom. You might want to try, and then they would have all these suggestions. It's really annoying day when baby boomers are giving you advice on social media stuff. All right, baby boomers, calm down, all right? <laughs> I'm a baby boomer, but I feel very millennialistic, and I know about Zoom. So anyway, I've I've just raised the white flag and given up. People love uh-huh. Zoom, so <laughs> that's, this is me raising the white flag. Uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, Zoom's okay, whatever. It worked great with Richard. The sound was good. Yeah. Uh, Richard was on a roll, like I said. Yeah, so I urge everybody to check it out. Great stuff from the legendary, the real deal, Richard Steele.
0: Yeah, if only I were there. Guys, uh, just uh, another, I guess I'll break the fourth wall uh, once again here on the Ben Jirowski Show. <laughs> I'm Ben Jirowski's show producer, not life producer. I clock oh out at a certain yeah. time. Dennis, uh, for better or for worse,
1: has become the millennial in my life. Every baby boomer needs a millennial to get you through life. Oh uh, I, I, I I can't figure out like th- th- I, I'm, I thought I subscribed to Hulu, but it's not really working. Could you help me out? You should heard Dennis, uh, by the way, what Richard Steele was struggling with Google Meet he had two baby boomers. It was like if he he, he had like a flask of liquor. Oh Christ, drink a liquor what we gonna
0: do? It wasn't drinking liquor during the... He tried to lead me and Richard through it all. All right, but You showed a lot of patience, young oh. man A lot of patience yesterday Thank you, thank you But hey, that's Saturday's interview, alright? Available at 5am A Zoom call with Richard <laughs> Steele uh, On to Sunday And every time <laughs> I see this name I just think of that feller from uh, My Name is Earl On Sunday, Jason Lee, but not the actor Right, Ben?
1: Yes, uh, wait, did we decide Jason was going to be Sunday Or is he going to be Monday? Uh, it could be one or the other we'll No, we decided on other. Sunday Oh, we did. Okay. Uh, Jason Lee is a brilliant political strategist uh, here in the city of Chicago of the leftist persuasion. He comes from Texas, he comes from Houston, Texas. So originally he was just going to come on and talk just general uh, politics, national politics, whatever's in the news, but I'm going to make him to explain Texas. We haven't done this interview. This is interview after today's show, but I, I already sent him the text. Jason, Texas, Texas, Texas. I want to understand why Texas is dedicated to this insane electrical system that they have, and they have this knee-jerk reaction. Like, everything breaks down, utter chaos, and the governor goes on TV and says, it's somehow or other the the Green New Deal's fault. It's AOC's fault. there There isn't even a Green New Deal. So we'll be talking about Texas politics. One of my obsessions, D, is moving millennials, uh, those hipsters who work in the uh, tech business, from Oakland, the Bay Area, to Texas. Boom. It's over. It's a blue state. Two uh,
0: Democratic senators. So a lot of Texan talk with the great Jason Lee. All right. The guy's going to be talking about Texas. Will he say, howdy, partner? I guess you're going to have to listen to find out. I mean, there's like a 60% chance that he he will. (laughs) That's funny. Jason Lee. (laughs) Jason Lee. And finally, on Monday, he's a political operative. He's a political activist. He's Michael Harrington. We talked with him earlier in the week. Ben, give people a little sneak peek at what they're going to hear.
1: Well, part of this is my ongoing tribute to Karen Lewis. Michael Harrington uh, was Karen Lewis's uh, political lieutenant for several years at the Chicago uh, Teachers Union. Before that, uh, years ago, he worked for Jackie Vaughn at the Chicago Teachers Union, so we talk a lot about. And he also went to high school with Karen Lewis, to Kenwood High School with her. And uh, so we talk about uh, Karen Lewis and the politics of the left in the city of Chicago and the bizarre attitude uh, that our mayors have toward the Chicago Teachers Union. I'm really grappling with this one. Why mayors in the city of Chicago think it's prudent to make war with the Chicago Teachers Union. Really bizarre attitude they have. They just cannot stand organized groups of teachers. They get this thing, this compulsion. I love teachers, I really do. I love kids but I hate it when those teachers come together in unions I like a mild and meek. You can boss them around. Shut up, sit down. Anyway, uh, we'll be discussing that. And then we get into uh, Michael Harrington talks. We, we, we went into some local politics. You know me, D yeah. can't stop. So we started talking about Kelly Cassidy and Heather Staines and the political reapportionment, the political process of filling vacancies. Good stuff. Michael Harrington, a political junkie, That was a lot of fun talking to him.
0: And spoiler alert, no, he did not say howdy, partner. It's this weekend's (laughs) Benny J. Bonus Interviews, Saturday, Richard Steele, Sunday, Jason Lee, not the actor, and Monday, Michael Harrington, available by 5 a.m. Go download them. Subscribe if you haven't. Give us a review, if you'd be so kind. Tell us what you think. Five stars only. Okay. (laughs) Local news. Let's go. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker. Let's begin with phase one. No public events scheduled for the governor. And, you know, so far, the big guy has had a busy year. He's been traveling all around the state on his Illinois vaccination site tour. He just prepared and delivered his state budget address. So hopefully he's kicking back and relaxing today. Now, Ben, there's a chance that all of this hot budget talk that goes over my head, quite frankly, will be long gone from the news cycle by the time we get back on Tuesday. So anything you'd like to address about Pritzker's plan? Before it's too late.
1: Yes, I will say this about his budget plan. The whole purpose of the budget speech was to do exactly what you said just move it off the newspapers. Look, the man's not going to raise taxes, okay? He's not doing massive cuts. He's just waiting for the feds to kick in that money. And then he'll structure his budget around that. So it is a kick. I said yesterday, the the punt budget, but now I'm gonna, I'm gonna use a different uh, way to describe it because I'm using punt too much. So it's a kick the can down the road budget. Remember Rob, he was this thing. I'm not gonna kick the can down the road anymore. <laughs> they would kick the can down They all kick the can down the road. You, you think they're that dumb people? That they're gonna raise your taxes? I'm gonna do the right thing. I'm gonna raise taxes on people. So we pay off all our obligations and future generations will not have to pay all these uh, pension obligations. You think they're gonna do that? Do you think, you, you know, it's a funny thing, whenever I read like the editorials, the responses to the governor's uh, budget, they're all like, he's not doing the prudent thing. He's not addressing our immediate financial concerns. I'm very concerned, <laughs> these editorial writers, it's like, what world do you guys live in? Okay, I'll tell you what, let's flip it. You run for office and you raise everybody's taxes, and then you deal with everybody mad at you. He's kicking the can down the road. This is not how you run an effective government. I'm an editorial writer. So anyway, yes, he did a very good job, D, of just sort of like giving a speech and running away. (laughs) Everybody (laughs) Everybody immediately forgot it. Plus it's so boring. Oh my God, we were doing the, the highlights yesterday. Oh boy. Uh, 350 million here, 750 million there. Everybody's <laughs> There's no, Here's what people want. Are you raising my taxes? That's the lead. He's not raising taxes. Nobody's paying attention anymore. Except for like the four people who have to talk about it on channel 11. Let's be like, poor reporters. Folks, this is a lie. If you ever see a reporter, like sort of like pat him on the shoulder say, good job. Do you know how hard it is to like, memorize all those numbers? Most of you people just walk around the world clueless. You don't need to know like how much money is the uh, governor kicking into the education fund this year as opposed to how much he gave last year. A reporter who goes on Channel 11 must know that. The uh, Channel 11 guy will say, well, Dennis, what was in the uh, governor's budget about education? And Dennis will go, mm-hmm. well, thank you, Phil. Uh, 350 million dollars were supposed to go in as you know i can always go as you know nobody knows as you know last year you pledged to spend 350 million
0: well, yes. i sound no- i sound nothing like that <laughs>
1: uh, so g- good job uh jb you successfully gave the budget talk Put everyone to sleep and now no one's talking about the budget anymore. And you're free to go back home and listen to Steve Miller and the Eagles, which is exactly what he's doing right now. D. love Steve Miller. Okay.
0: well, there you go. Did that feel good, Ben? You got it off your chest there. And, uh, you know, anything else? Anything else? About JB? Yeah. Anything else? Yes. What? I'm not a perfect person. Oh, I see what you did there. The governor needs to respond to you. The enemy is you. Oh, definitely talking to you there.
1: God, you got me there, JB.
0: The governor was asked about yesterday's top story in Illinois. Mike Madigan stepping down again. He just resigned from his house seat. I mean, he resigned, but we have since learned that uh, from a Madigan spokeswoman, Madigan will remain the chair of the state's Democratic Party. But. The governor has been asking for these resignations from Madigan since last summer. According to Pritzker, Madigan was kind of clogging up Illinois' democratic political pipeline, and he may have overstayed his welcome in Springfield. Here's Governor Pritzker on Madigan being Madagon. (laughs) Shout out to Michael Girardi on the live stream chat for that line. The innuendo, the, you know, the accusations that exist that are around things like that are not good. Those of us who serve in public office, who serve with integrity, you know, all of those kinds of accusations and investigations, unfortunately, reflect poorly on public service. But J.B., what do you really think? And I really believe it's our job to uh, tell the truth, to be honest, to uh, do the right thing, uh, to serve with integrity. And I continue to try to do that every single day. Interesting. Wow! Everybody's
1: throwing poor Maddie and you know, I. But you know what? I'm going to flip flop again. <laughs> Wait a minute. I can't remember what my position was on this yesterday, D. Uh, we should do that in the pre-show. I, I don't
0: even know if I'm flip flopping. Like, dude, the I bit's ask- over. The bit. The bit ended like <laughs> in the beginning of January. The bus is long gone, pal.
1: Uh, everybody's just so ho- hard on Maddie now. Uh- I, I I want to support them. Okay. Oh, JB. Come First of all, they're not accusations. Commonwealth Edison pled guilty. Okay. It's a confession. It's not an accusation or an allegation. Excuse me. Ah, you know, this distancing from Madigan is pretty funny. They all loved him when he had all the power. And now it's like mm, creep away. I give the Democrats this though. You know, I, I was thinking about this D the other day when I was walking, I went for a walk through the snow, walking down. Walking is no fun these days, by the way. There's like no place to walk. The sidewalks are really narrow. Yes, social
0: distancing is very hard uh, walking down the sidewalk right now.
1: Yes, it's like this person's coming and they're they're coming, they're like, dude, I'm not moving, I'm coming. You wanna move? (laughs) You can move, but I'm coming. And there's no room on the sidewalk for the two of you together. So, Mr. Nice Guy, that's me. I step into the snowbank. (laughs) And I go, that's okay, you get to go first. And they're like, oh, I'm not talking to you. I live in Chicago. You're that hippie guy in the attic who likes teachers. Anyway, I was going for a walk and I was just thinking about it. How, how the Democrats d- dealt with Madigan. You know what I mean? Like He didn't have the votes to get elected speaker. Uh, he, can, he pulled out of the race. They elected Chris Welch. He's now stepped down. He's just quietly left the scene. You know what I mean? It'd be like, could you imagine if Mad Dog handled his business the way Trump handled his? Like he would be stirring up people in the 13th Ward to charge the state capitol. Hey, stop the steal! He's like 13th Ward political operatives with garbage cans throwing them at the state capitol. Yeah, he just leaves. He 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 issued a statement, which I don't think anybody read. No, you know what? I take it back. Steve Brown, I'm going to make an apology. Steve Brown, the longtime press aide to uh, Michael Joseph Madigan. Hey, Steve. uh, And a huge Cardinal fan. Huge St. Louis Cardinal fan. Hell yeah. Uh, I always said, ah, Steve Brown wrote all those uh, statements that Madigan issued. You know, I never gave Madigan credit for it. I just assumed he was like Rom. He never wrote anything. (laughs) He probably didn't read it. But, D, I'm starting to think of Michael Joseph Madigan himself writes these things. I'm starting to think that that's Madigan. That's the mad dog right there. He's got a future as a columnist. Hey, Madigan, if Rom can do it, you can do it. Your stuff's more interesting than Rom's. So anyway, Steve Brown, I apologize to you. You did not write it. Michael Madigan wrote it. That's my opinion. But, yeah, uh, Madigan's gone, so everybody's like, you know, like, I didn't really want to. Anything to do with him? (laughs) Yeah, should have heard it like three years ago when you were begging him for his endorsement. But that was then, and now is now.
0: All right, well, we do have more Madigan news to discuss this afternoon. But boy, what a week of weather we had in Illinois, in the Midwest for that matter. Piles of snow, below zero temperatures, and at the moment... I really hope all of you listening are anxious to hear more about it, all right? If not, please don't stop listening. It'll be over soon, and after this, we'll roll right along with some Mike Madigan talk. But people, it's time for Ben's favorite weekly segment, a segment that no matter how many times I tell him off the mic that it's hands down the most boring one we've ever had. It's our weekly Illinois weather summary from state climatologist Trent Ford. From the Illinois State Water Survey at the University of Illinois' Prairie Research Institute, this is Illinois state climatologist Trent Ford. Oh Good. If we go back to the beginning of the month, folks were asking if we were ever
1: going to see winter. Now most are dreaming of spring. Average oh. temperatures this week range from 10 below zero in northwest Illinois to the low teens in southeast Illinois, between oh boy, 20 man. and 30 degrees below normal for this time of the year. This week's daily maximum temperatures were truly impressive. For example, the seven-day average daily max temperature in Galesburg was a balmy Ooh. six degrees, about 30 mm-hmm. degrees below normal. Even mm-hmm. as far south as Dixon Springs in Pope County, weekly average maximum temperatures stayed below <laughs> 20 degrees. Helping keep daytime temperatures low was extensive snow cover across the state. Hey seven-day snowfall totals <laughs> from
0: three inches in far northwest yeah, Illinois to more show. than 25 inches along yeah. the lakeshore in northeast Illinois. Yeah. Oh, I, oh, gotta go. There you are, everybody. My God, what a boring segment.
1: Did you know that January is a little wetter than normal day?
0: I, you know, I, hey, you know, I have, a hard, have a hard time listening every time I hear it. My God, that man is boring.
1: That's my favorite segment of the week. I look forward to it every week.
0: <laughs> and Trent Ford with the weather update. Well, we got more from Trent shortly. Please keep listening, everyone. Oh, boy. Okay. So, yes, Mike Madigan stepped down yesterday. You know. That guy who was the Speaker of the House and involved in Illinois politics for about, oh, a hundred years? Yeah, that guy. He was voted out as Speaker last month, and he just resigned from his House seat on Thursday. Everyone was talking about it, the local news, the internet, my mom. They couldn't believe it. But after about 12 hours, everyone (laughs) started to believe it. And now we're all wondering a new question. Wait, so who's going to take Madigan's House seat? Yes, when (laughs) one game ends, another begins. Political musical chairs continues in the state of Illinois. Last time around, it was Heather Stain's state senate seat. Our winner, Mike Simmons, a former policy director under Mayor Rahm Emanuel. And our host, Ben Jarofsky, is doing his best to not hold that fact against him. Am I right?
1: (laughs) That's correct, Senator. He's an open mind. Just because the guy worked for Rahm Emanuel does not mean He is a Mitt Romney guy, okay? Just because Rom was. And the old Mitt Romney, the bad Mitt Romney, not the new Mitt Romney. So, yes,
0: open mindy. He's trying. He's trying, Mike. So we now wait and see who will be involved in the open 22nd District House seat once held by Madigan. But we have now learned that whoever it is, it will be handpicked by Madigan, because of course it will. (laughs) And that's the way it should be. OK, <laughs> are you are you done or are you not? Did you resign? or not? I don't know. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and Rachel Hinton. Madigan's loss of the speaker's position last month sent off a scramble among Democrats jockeying to line up the support to take over the powerful leadership post. His resignation from the much lower profile House seat, one of 118 in the chamber, will kick off an appointment process that could see Madigan personally handpick his successor. As 13th Ward committee person in the Cook County Democratic Party, Madigan has 56 percent of the weight of the weighted vote that will decide who replaces him in the House, meaning he could have sole say in who takes over representing the now heavily Hispanic district. The weighted vote is based on the number of votes cast for the state house seat in each committee person's ward or township in the last general election. Madigan has called a meeting to pick his successor for 10 a.m. What? Sunday at the 13th Ward's <laughs> service office. Of the four remaining committee persons, oh. Alderwoman, or Alderman Silvana Tabarez, mm-hmm. a close Madigan ally, has the next largest share of the weighted vote. She has 31%.
1: Uh, I'm laughing. It's hilarious. It's just like a parody. It's like a joke. So, I I mean, Michael Joseph Madigan, uh, I guess he just doesn't want to, what D, it's just, um, once you've been speaker of the house, once you've been the top dog, it's just, uh, too much of a letdown to have to be just an ordinary state rep. So he's just going to leave even though he was just reelected. I don't think he had any opposition. Actually, I'm just, I don't know the answer to that, uh, if he had any opposition. But uh, yeah, I guess he just said, well, that's it. If I can't be Speaker, I'm just not going to do anything. So now uh, I'm just going to make a a slight correction with... uh, the uh, the phrasing in that article. Uh, I would say, uh, Rachel wrote that he could have a say in who uh, replaces him. I would say if he has 56% of the vote, he will have a say. And he will pick, select the person uh, to replace him. Very bizarre way we, we handle democracy uh, in Chicago and Illinois. And whenever I raise the subject, people say, Ben, what's the alternative? And the reality is that he would have a say anyway. He would pretty hand, much handpick. Because let's say we had a special election. Whoever he endorsed would probably be the winner, right? So why not just do away with the pretense of a special election? Eh, democracy. You know, it's it's it's, it's, it's overestimated. You know? Yeah. You know, let's just let's just let Madigan uh, select his success. It's sort of like the elected school board. You know, all that democracy, Mayor Lori Life, when she ran for uh, mayor, she promised, we're gonna get into this with Romana, by the way, breaking promises. Romana has a little more, a different attitude uh, than I do. I've, I've noticed that most reporters in the city of Chicago D have this attitude that you're, they kind of look at you like when you say, I'm, I'm upset because somebody broke a promise. They go, well, you didn't expect them to keep the promise, did you? And I'll be like, well, yeah, actually I did. I like, oh, go, what an idiot. <laughs> What a schmuck. Dummy. No one ever keeps a promise. Huh. Why do we even have elections then? See, that's what I'm thinking. So Lord Gloria but promised to have an elected school board. Now she says, no, I realize that only I, I'm the only person in the world who could oversee the schools. If you allowed other people to run for office with the right to oversee the schools, it'd be utter chaos. To only me. So it's similar with Madigan and selecting his replacement. It would be utter chaos if we had democracy in a special election. So let Michael Joseph Madigan select, hand pick his successor, just like I'm touching Dennis's head right now. Bing! You are my successor. Hey, six feet. Oh. <laughs> that was a me. virtual touch. That was a virtual touch. I touched yeah. the screen. <laughs> I didn't really. We're not even in the same room. So, D, that's how we do it in Chicago, okay? The committee gather. In the old days it would be a smoke-filled room. Now nobody smokes. Now they're not even in a room. It's all virtual. And they go, All right, boss, who do you want to replace you? And Madigan goes, well, I will take you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and all the do gutters this is just not the way you do it.
0: I'm sorry. Uh, any ideas of um who Madigan's gonna pick? No? Yes? Yeah, so You told me, and I forgot the guy's name. You told me. Oh,
1: yeah. Show prep. And it's just like, in my defense, I've stuffed so much into my head this morning. There was so much news in the paper, D. I just stuffed it in my head. <laughs> and I was even stuffing like national news, getting ready for the Jason Lee interview about Texas and and how <laughs> utility issues in Texas.
0: Well, we have D, learned, I, I was going to say, we have learned from uh, <sighs> Illinois Politico, Shia Kapos, potential candidates interested in presenting at the meeting should email a cover letter and a resume to contact at, ILDems.com The meeting is open to the public There will be no candidate forums Via Zoom or otherwise The open house seat offers an opportunity For a Latino candidate to step up Given the Madigan's 22nd district Is heavily Hispanic Of the five members on the panel The former speaker has 56% of the weighted vote As we said Uh, But so far only one name has emerged Uh, Marianne Ahern of NBC5 Tweeted that Moeen Zidane Wants the job. If his name sounds familiar, well, not to us, but if it sounds familiar to you, well, Zidane is credited with leading the effort to intimidate supporters of Aldermanic candidate David Krupa when he ran against Madigan ally Marty Quinn in 2019. The Tribune detailed that saga. Zidane is also a 13th ward superintendent and longtime political lieutenant of Michael Joseph Madigan.
1: Yeah, boy, did the Tribune ever detail that saga. They were outraged. Outraged, I tell you. Then Michael Joseph, uh, listen, that was overkill. We talked about that a lot on the show. We had a lot of fun with that one. Marty Quinn, uh, the longtime incumbent in the 13th Ward, key political ally to Michael Joseph Madigan, a political operative. He's got, when he's not mayor, this guy's like the busiest guy in the world. When he's not mayor, he runs, he's a political operative. And Madigan dispatches him to various uh, uh, political campaigns, he was running Julia Stratton's, uh, Juliana Stratton's campaign against Kenny Duncan in 2016. Anyway, somehow or other, he has the time to be a political operative uh, and uh, the alderman. And uh, he had this opponent who was like 19-year-old Trumpster. He didn't have a prayer in the world. Total overkill on the part of Maddie. This is how they play the game. Uh, they. They went door to door getting people to sign affidavits saying they hadn't actually signed his petitions. It was complete over to the Tribune, went nuts on it. They cannot stand Michael Joseph Madigan. And I, listen, I had no problem with them going hard on Madigan on that issue, but where are you guys on Trump calling uh, Georgia officials? Where are you guys on Trump calling Michigan officials? So it's like, that's what I'm saying. If you're gonna be hard on Mad Dog uh, for overextending his power or being a a tyrant, fuck. be consistent. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, so uh, the, I would say D, knowing nothing else, this guy's in pretty good this guy has a pretty good chance. You know, he he did the dirty work for Madigan against uh, Krupa. What What do you want to you care about his issue, his position paper and utilities on gambling in the state of Illinois? How are we going to Here's the question. Like if they ran it uh uh on the southwest side, like they run on the north side. So, what's your position on uh, taxation? Uh, uh, candidate Zaden, you know, uh, should we go to a more progressive tax? Let's get into the issues. Northsiders. And then they take Rom's guy. Well, I know that uh, Rom opposes everything we say we believe in, but well, we're going to take Rom's guy anyway. So i don't know i don't think north siders are any better than south uh west siders d when it comes to filling these vacancies
0: once again this meeting going on sundays open to the public contact i l dims i think i'll be getting up
1: early to watch that d really yeah <laughs> well. I, it, w- it would be something i would like intend to do and then all of a sudden at 11 o'clock damn I hope Pat Whaler watched it.
0: <laughs> well, uh, if anyone else plans on doing that, be on the lookout for username BullsFan 420. We've learned that's been online. <laughs> All right. Enough about Madigan. On to the news in the city of Chicago. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot had a public event scheduled. She was at Gage Park vaccination site at 945 a.m. for an update on Chicago's COVID-19 vaccination distribution. Other than that, I have no clue what the mayor's doing. And that's okay, because we have a lot to unpack in this next story. The following comes from not one, not two, but three Chicago Sun-Times reporters, Frank Main, Fran the Woe Man Spielman, and Sam Charles. The headline reads, Alderman Call for Superintendents Firing Hearings After Inspector General Blasts CPD Response to Riots. Critics of Mayor Lori Lightfoot and Police Superintendent David Brown on Thursday agreed with the findings of a new report that says that the the police department was, quote, outflanked and underprepared for last summer's riots, with one alderman saying Brown should be fired. Some aldermen also said the mayor should have asked for help from the National Guard earlier and used those troops to protect businesses from looting in the city's neighborhoods. They want hearings into the failures detailed in Inspector General Joe Ferguson's report. That report says the mayor and superintendent did not anticipate the level of violence and looting that swept downtown and cascaded into the city's neighborhoods from May 29th through June 1st. The 124 page report quoted members of Brown's own command staff anonymously complaining no real plan was in place to mobilize officers to quell the disorder. One senior police official said, quote, this can never happen again. Lightfoot's office released a statement saying Brown has, quote, owned responsibility for the failures, embraced the opportunity to do better and put reforms in place we got a lot more to read here, but Ben, your thoughts.
1: Uh, by the way, was that your word or theirs, cascade?
0: That was theirs. I would never use the uh, word cascade. That's, that's
1: a good word. i got to give them credit. I don't know which one came up with that word, Frank Maine, Frank Spilman, or Sam Charles. There were three of them. But whoever did, great word. Well, we've been talking about this forever. First of all, number one, yes, have hearings. Uh, I remember when Troy LeRavier was on the show in June, it was a uh, – really enlightening interview. I urge uh, folks to listen to if you haven't already. But Troy talked about how he was swept up and arrested uh, outside Trump Tower. And uh, as part of the people, the protesters were trying to cross the bridge, Wabash Bridge, to get to Trump Tower and protest uh, right after the, uh, the the murder of George Floyd. And there was just a huge police presence there to uh, arrest people and uh, throw them into jail. And I was like, why are somebody's police at Trump Tower and somebody of the neighborhoods exposed? Because we had Raylo, Raymond Lopez, who we'll get into him a little while, uh, on the show talking about how there was a lack of police presence in the neighborhoods, uh, which led uh, to an outbreak of violence and looting and rioting, et cetera, and so forth. And I'm like, like, who's in charge? I remember having this conversation with Troy and and he was saying that th- to him, it just seemed like there was, there was no overall strategy. There was no overall plan in place and that we should have immediately have some kind of like discussion or analysis or hearings as to what was going on? Who was in charge? Was Mayor Lori Lightfoot in charge? Was David Brown in charge? Or were the police just sort of making it up as they went along? Uh, and so here we are. What in February? How many months is that? God dang. Seven months later. And the inspector general, uh, Joseph Ferguson's come out with this report. Now, suddenly we have a hearings. OK, better late than never, I say. Uh, but uh, so immediately t- uh, I open with this Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz blamed his daughters for going to kill. Go, I had to do it because I'm a dad. I'm a good dad. They wanted me to go. My advice to him was uh, to do like Lori Leifel would do and fire somebody. Uh, so already it looks like David Brown's <laughs> the guy, Dave. looks like police chief David Brown's gonna take the fall. If I had to predict, just like uh, Eddie Johnson took the fall and old boy Mark Flesner, the lawyer, took the fall for uh, the internet uh, situation. So um, I, I, how do I put this? I'm very skeptical. In the city of Chicago, the way we do things, uh, the initial reaction of people in city hall is uh, to protect the mayor at all costs. So it looks as though that's what's going to go on here. Uh, and it looks as though that police chief, uh, Brown, is going to be the guy who says, yes, it was my fault. I should have done better. <laughs> and the mayor, mayor will like read the tea leaves and decide whether he should be fired or whether she'll allow him to say, at the moment, it's just like, well, OK, I guess I'll allow him to say. Remember, she did that with Flesner, uh for a while. Remember, Flesner got in trouble, the, the former corporation counsel that he got in trouble for uh, not living in Chicago. Well, I guess I'll keep him.
0: <laughs> I believe we called that uh frig off Friday, right?
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> anyway,
1: poor David Brown he's going to uh that's look you go to work for the mayor it's not just this one rom did the same thing we got in trouble to qualm mcdonald hey gary mccarthy big mac i know you were my guy but you gotta go see ya so god forbid the mayor take responsibility for anything in the city of chicago
0: now as Ben mentioned the 15th ward alderman has responded and i have quotes no surprise here He ripped Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot in the CPD. And who is the 15th Ward Alderman, you may be wondering? Well, he's the star of the following audio clip you're about to hear in mere moments. People, it's time for another episode of everyone's favorite Chicago political daily soap opera, episode 365 of A Mayor and Her Alderman. A
1: Mayor and Her Alderman. I want an answer. It's not something you ignore. I think
0: you're 100% full of shit is what I think. If you think we... No offense,
1: well, fuck you then. Who are you you to tell me I'm full of shit? How does it get funnier every time? I don't know, man.
0: Raylo.
1: (laughs) But no offense. (laughs) Raylo, what you're saying after no offense is really offensive. (laughs) But no offense. Every time I hear the no, but no offense, we have to bring him on and ask him, Ray, what was with the no offense thing?
0: Alderman Ray Lopez said that Superintendent Brown is of no value to the city at this point and should be fired. Here come the quotes from Lopez, quote, he has presided over dysfunction, civil unrest, and the doubling of carjackings and other crime stats, including murders. Lopez, who is a frequent critic of Lori Lightfoot, you could say that again, said the mayor offered quote naive leadership. At its worst during the riots. The protests stemmed from the May 25th death of George Floyd, a black man who died after a police officer in Minneapolis knelt on his neck. On May 28th, Minnesota's governor declared state of emergency and activated National Guard troops. Uh, Lightfoot says she decided to call the governor late Saturday on May 30th to request the guard after Brown asked for more resources. This is according to the inspector general's report. She denied the state reached out first the report said uh like i said once again we have more to talk about in this story but ben your thoughts so far
1: well i mean first of all by the way i just want to say uh maya uh, took gave me a call this morning ben i've been mean, following us and i immediately booked her for uh, tuesday we're gonna do a deep dive on this but if you read the report if you read the coverage of the report uh it's the city is being attacked from on all different fronts so for instance. There's the position uh, that Raylo takes that not the National Guard should have been brought in, so more law enforcement. Uh, then there's the position uh, also in the Inspector General's report that the police were out of control and just whacking the heck out of protesters, so less uh, police presence. Uh, then there's the whole issue of should bridges have been raised in the loop? And what was the impact of raising the bridges? And so this is what Troy talked about in June. Like if you're going to raise the bridges, is that just going to mean you're channeling, uh, more uh, unrest into neighborhoods? Ray, Raymond Lopez, Ray Lowe came on this show and said, that's exactly what happened. So it's like, how much police presence do you have? What's too much police presence? And, uh, it's 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 almost as though it's like a, a contradictory. It's it's a contradictory critique, the, where the mayor and the city is getting attacked uh, from all sides. And my just general conclusion from it is the one that is in the headline. They didn't expect it. They were caught unawares, and once it hit them, they didn't know what to do. You know, and we're still on. this, like. Individual moments from uh, the unrest. Remember Popcorn Gate. We've talked about it forever. You know what? The uh, originally the police they who were uh, hanging out in Bobby Rush's office. The claim from the police union was that they were allowed uh, to be there. They got permission to be there. Now, last reports I saw, were it was like, no, they didn't have permission uh, to be there from Bobby Rush. So. It's as though the city of Chicago was completely caught off unawares by what went down. Uh, And now it's like we're trying to pick apart the pieces in such a way where all the powerful interests are protected. And the most powerful interest, of course, is the mayor. So if David Brown's got to go to take the fall for it, I'm sure the mayor will only be too happy to let him take that fall. But really, D, it's just remarkable. Uh, how much, how contradictory all these different critiques are of the city's handling of it, and it just it kind of shows you that the city of Chicago has not settled on what to do uh, regarding police, law enforcement, police dealing with uh, black communities. Just this this is this has been a uh, a struggle a challenge in the city of Chicago for as long as I can remember going back. This goes back to the early seventies. That's when I first started paying attention to this stuff, really probably with the black Panther raid in 1969. And here we are in 2021 and we're as clueless as we've ever been.
0: Alderman Ray Lopez and Alderman Anthony Beal of the Ninth Ward, blasted Lightfoot for not involving the National Guard earlier or using them in the city's neighborhoods. Alderman Beal said, quote, we were offered the National Guard and I requested the National Guard and we were told no. It seems like we voluntarily gave the city up, her and the superintendent. They were more interested in protecting the image than protecting the city. Beal called for city council hearings to get straight answers on how Lightfoot and Brown handled the crisis. So there you go alderman weighed in and that was a quick rundown of episode 376 of a mayor and her alderman a mayor
1: and her alderman if you want to talk about a separate issue there will be a time and a place for
0: that but you are out of order sir but this story isn't over because now comes fraternal order of police president Johnny C. John Catanzara he called that weekend last summer a shit show He continues saying this falls directly on the mayor's doorstep. That Friday morning meeting I had with her, she was explicit in her very vulgar language that there was no way those riots were coming to Chicago. They were not burning her buildings and her squad cars, Catanzara said. Catanzara continues saying since the IG's office has definitely shined light on the immense failure that the mayor was that the mayor was during this historic riot time uh, in Chicago. Where are the 36 aldermen calling for her resignation like they did mine? He said. (laughs) (laughs) This dude's a trip. This dude's a trip. Zara also reacted to the inspector general's findings that cops (laughs) underreported their uses of force, including baton strikes. Uh, He said, we're allowed to defend ourselves like anyone else
1: johnny there. i gotta tell you man this dude is one of the great trash talkers of all time <laughs> oh those aldermen are so big and tough with me why don't they call for Lori life to resign it's actually a good question i mean you know you know you might, i don't know could you imagine if ray upped up the ante instead of just asking david brown to resign said lori life would you resign that's like that that's what the the dams in texas are doing with ted cruz by the way they're Ted Cruz should resign like he's going to resign. Yeah, you're right. I shouldn't have gone to Cancun. All right, I quit. <laughs> uh, I'll let somebody else be senator. Anyway, Ken Zara. Oh, man, what a character he is. Remember when the uh I mean, are look, look, He's he, he's out in front. He loves Donald Trump. He's maggot at the core. He wears his Donald Trump T-shirt. Has a First Amendment protection right to wear that t shirt, although other officers do not have a First Amendment right to take the knee in solidarity with Black Lives Matter. Interesting uh, interpretation of the First Amendment. Very flexible interpretation, I would say. Uh, and similarly, when the uh, MAGA people stormed the Capitol, he was like, come on, what's the big deal? So a bunch of guys having fun. Ah, come on, guys, just, you know, just having fun. Boys having fun here in Chicago is a little different story. It's real tough law and order, law and order for thee, not for me. So I don't have a hard time really taking him seriously. Not a lot of consistency on John Catanzara, but I will say this. He's a hell of a trash talker. D. That is some seriously good trash
0: talk. Yes. Yes, he is. And uh, for those who want to get a pool going, I don't know. I got, I got Catanzara uh, in Florida by March. <laughs> what say you what say you <laughs> live stream chat audience oh and we can get a separate pool going i got this david brownfeller gone by july <laughs> yeah, no he's gone lori life gonna
1: say no she's gonna find something else will come out and she'll be outraged like remember remember, like all of a sudden she discovers stuff like she didn't know before like with Flesner, the lawyer and uh eddie johnson i'm outraged i did not know about this he must go immediately and then he's just dispatched. Ah. <laughs> That's how they do. Ted Cruz, are you taking notes? By the way, Ramana Hussein has joined us.
0: She's fired up to talk about Ted Cruz. Right. I think she's going to defend Ted Cruz. I don't know. We'll see. Oh, and <laughs> no pressure. We're going to hear. We're going to try to get Ramana to give us a Ted Cruz impression. We'll teach her how to do it. It's very easy. <laughs> Uh, it'll be a good time. So, yeah, we're going to pause it right here, everybody. Remember, download this weekend's Benny J. Bonus Interviews at ChicagoReader.com and wherever else you download podcasts. Uh, you can reach out to The Ben Jarofsky Show on social media at Benny J. Show, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J. Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, Roe on the live stream chat. She sent us a Facebook message. Roe, I sent the link to Ben, Ben will read it and he'll probably give some commentary on it uh, in the next show we do. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, also, you can email the Ben Jarofsky show, Show at gmail.com, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J show at gmail.com. Uh, Michael Girardi, I got your Ted Cruz butter cow picture. Very awesome. <laughs> Very awesome. Very funny. Uh, be like Michael. Send us an email and you can call the Ben Jarofsky show. It's true. We have a landline, all right? 708-658-4788. The number again is 708-658-4788. Leave the Ben Jarofsky Show a voicemail, uh, you know, or don't. Do whatever you want, everybody. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, Ramana Hussain of the Chicago Sun-Times is going to give us her weekly Ramana rundown. Well, last week we didn't have one because I was out skiing. I'm a... <laughs>
1: We are going to discuss that,
0: aren't
1: we? Yeah, yes, sure. <laughs> yes, we are. Done is skiing. <laughs> oh Let's, man, I put
0: that on the list. <laughs> I'm just now uh, getting unsore from my uh, my ski weekend, uh, but hey, when we come back, Ramana Hussein, it's the Benjirovsky Show live from my apartment and Ben's attic.
1: If you want to talk about a separate issue, there will be a time and a place for that, but you are out of order, sir.